Hello and welcome back to Little MB. Yeah, been a while again. You'll have that. I was talking to an old friend and we was just shooting the shit. By the way, let me get this out of the way now. You know, subscribe if you like it, share it if you like it, all that kind of stuff. This podcast, that is. Um, anyways, I was shooting the shit with an old friend about old times and stuff like that. And I was talking to him about the podcast and I was like, you know, sometimes I feel like I got a good idea and so I'll sit and put out an episode and other times it's like, eh, kind of wishy-washy on the idea. And he said, well, dude, think about what we've been talking about. Why don't you like talk about, like tell the stories about all the times that you've like had run-ins with the law because <laughs> he's like it's ridiculous <laughs> that you don't have a serious criminal record and to a certain extent it's true but uh I think a lot of it was just timing like of the day and age and stuff like that but this I might actually do this in two parts it depends on how long it takes because <laughs> some of the stories are in depth others aren't but yeah so i guess the first technical time i ever had the cops called on me i was 13 years old and no it wasn't all that serious but my buddy chad and i i've talked about him before in other stories but we had, we were 13, and it was winter time. And I'll go ahead and say this guy's name because I'm positive he didn't have any kids. That he ever, I don't think he ever got married and had kids. And he's dead and his mom's dead. Now, I had a run-in with his mom when I was 10 years old. I live on South Main Street and uh, in my town. And it's almost at the very bottom of this dip. So there's a hill going all the way up to the town square, and then there's a hill going up to the edge of town. So I had rode up one side heading towards the edge of town, and I come flying back. I'm 10 years old, flying back on my bicycle. And now Jack Moss's mom, Mrs. Moss, she did live at the bottom of this dip and she I'm flying down I mean that was the point of riding up so I could see how fast it could go coming down she backs out right in front of me and I hit the back corner pet quarter panel of her car and do a superman over her freaking trunk and I don't know how far I flew but I ended up skidding like on my hands, forearms, and face, like, because at the time her son was fixing cars out of her garage. Back then you could do something like that. This would have been 1990, you know. There were still a lot of mechanics because people were able to work on stuff themselves. You didn't need all the fancy equipment. And so there was a gravel parking lot in the front of their house. And so I skid across that, and I'm just sitting there, and I 
start picking myself up and I'm pulling gravel out of my face and palms and forearms and crap. This lady gets out of her car and she doesn't say, are you okay? She says, did you dent my car? And I'm thinking, you bitch. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but anyways, uh, so that's that was my first run-in with those folks. So then... 13 years old, middle of winter. I think we were on break, like like Christmas break or something like that. And Chad, I'm talking to Chad on the phone. And he's like, dude, I hear Jack Moss sells like fireworks and shit. And I was like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, we ought to go to his garage. Because by this point, he had another place uh, that was an actual garage. And Chad knew where it was and stuff. So we meet up. We go over there. And he sells his... Because fireworks and stuff like that's illegal in Illinois. So... And we didn't get anything just insane. You know, nothing like you'd see on the 4th of July. But we bought some stuff. And we're walking back to my house. And we're walking across town. And... We come across this girl and her younger sister, and the girl was in our class, and her name's Tracy, and her sister was five years younger, so she was eight years old, nine years old, something like that, and there was snow on the ground, but it was kind of slushy, so if it, was, it was to the point if you would have packed a snowball, it would have hurt. So we weren't packing it, we were picking it up and just we were just like, ha ha, you know. And I was throwing it underhand, and I hit Tracy in the butt. Now, Tracy got a bad rap, I think, in her younger days. I always thought she was a good-looking girl for what I could do. She had a nice shape. In eighth grade, she had bigger boobs than any teacher in the whole freaking school. But she also had a ghetto booty. Well, I ended up hitting her in the butt. And so we get back to my house... In a little while later, a cop shows up. It's like, were you, you know, were you doing this? Were you doing that? And I was like, well, first off, you can't really pack her. You're going to hurt somebody. I was, I was like, you know, we weren't packing it. And I was, we were lobbing it underhand. And he's like, well, the one girl that's in your class, she has bruises. And I was like, I was like, in all due respect, sir. I was like, the only place I actually hit her was in the butt. And I was like, did you see her? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, then you ought to know if there's the last place on her that's going to get bruised is that butt. <laughs> and he just started cracking up. <laughs> and he's like, well, just, you know, their mo her mom's upset. She called us. Don't do that kind of shit. And it, you know, it's one thing if you're out with your buddies and you're throwing them into each other, but, you know. It scared her little sister, and it, and it pissed her mom off. And I was like, all right, all right, fair enough, you know. Because that was the thing. It's like, we aren't going to go trying to, like, create a ton of mischief because we had a bunch of illegal firecrackers and crap like that in our pockets, you know. So, I guess the next time, <laughs> this was a little more significant. I was 15... And I was at Dan Gable's intensive training camp at the University of Iowa. And there was 
they had a Hawkeye shop there. And, I mean, the stuff was ridiculous. Keep in mind, this is like 95. You know, a pair of mesh shorts would maybe run you 10 to 12 bucks. But at the Hawkeye shop, it was $23 for a pair of mesh shorts just because it had the Hawkeye symbol on it and said Iowa. And we stayed in the dorms, and I had this roommate that would never lock our fucking door. And one time I was coming back, I don't know where it was from. It could have been the mess hall or doing laundry or something, because it was a 12-day camp. So, and you're training three times a day, and you had your morning run, you had to do laundry. And so I'm coming back, and some kid comes out of our room, and we spoke. And so, like, I recognized his voice. So I go into the room. My roommate ain't there. Well, I had some of those shorts, and he had stolen them. Stolen them. I was like, what the hell? I was like, what a son of a bitch. You know, so I lock up the room and go down. I'm like, and I'm telling somebody, I'm like, hey, this is, you know, what happened? And they're like, and you say you're legally blind. And I was like, yeah, but we spoke. I know his voice. You know, I know what, what kid it was. They're like, we can't accuse somebody when you can't see. I was like, all right, fair enough, you know. So I started stealing shit out of the Hawkeye shop, and I was selling the shorts for like $5 a pop. You know, there were plenty of takers. I was like, I'll get, I'll get my money back. Well, that's when I learned blind people do not make good thieves, because I got caught. You know, I eventually did. <laughs> it's probably my fifth trip or something like that, which hindsight twenty twenty, my friend. <laughs> but the fact that I can't go into the shop, you know, like every other day or whatever, you know. And actually, I did buy a couple things. I bought like a hat and I bought some water bottles and crap like that. That was Hawkeye stuff. So it's not like I didn't buy stuff, but for the most part, you know. I didn't, and so they were just like, huh, and they knew they were losing inventory, I wasn't the only kid, because I, I was bitching about it, and this other kid's like, dude, do you know how easy how easy it is to steal shit out of there, he's like, where do you think I got all mine from, I didn't buy it, so I was like, you know what, turnabout's fair play, motherfuckers, well, I get caught, they actually, there's no hesitation, they call the police, and so this real nice guy, one of the coolest dudes you'd want to meet, his name was Joe Lang, Officer Lang. He picks me up, takes me to the police station. I get fingerprinted and all this crap. I had to call my dad. And everything ended up working out because it got transferred. They were, since I was a minor, and it was so such a minor deal, it, you know, it was under $100 or something like that. So it was like the smallest misdemeanor possible. So they transferred it down to Illinois to my home county. And so I ended up with six months of court supervision out of the deal. That was it, you know. And let me tell you something. My dad was not happy when we walked in there the first time and like four different people were like, oh shit, what's up, Pellman? <laughs> and he's like, what kind of fucking hooligans are you hanging out with? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it, my Iowa experience didn't end there. So three days later, 
I'm sitting in my room with my roommate and we we're talking about being bored, which just, I know it sounds insane when you're, when you got six hours of practice a day and a morning run, how can you be bored? But I mean, you're so used to going nonstop that when you have a two or three hour stretch, which was supposed to be our R&R time before dinner and our night practice, it's like, you're like, what the, you know, what the fuck are we going to do? You know? And so we end up, I was like, well, one of us suggested cards. I mean, this was almost 30 years ago. I don't remember who brought it up, but I was against the idea of money. I was like, dude, let's, let's just play. Cause I was more interested in the numbers. I love numbers. Even back then in this big of a screw up as I was in school, I love numbers. So I wanted to see just how stuff played out. Well, he kept wanting to play for money and I was like, okay, here's the deal. Cause we're playing five card draw. And I was like, so here's the deal. We won't like, we won't make bets or anything. It's just after the hands done, and we have our draw and thrown away our cards and all that kind of crap. If if you want to bet something, we'll bet. And so we got to this hand, and I'm sitting on a full house. Aces and eights. And he's like, you want to bet? And I was like, I was like are you sure you want to, man? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, how much you want to bet? And he's, he's like, ten bucks. And I was like, dude, 10 bucks on a hand. Do you have 10 bucks? And he's like, yeah. And he like pulls it out and shows me. And I mean, back then I could see the big number on the bill. I was like, all right, man. And he's like, all right, two pair. And I was like, well, I can beat that with my three eights. And he's like, that, he didn't know poker. So he's like, that doesn't beat two pair. And I was like, hold on. First off, it does. We can ask anybody. Second off, it doesn't matter because it goes with my pair of aces, which makes it a full house. And he's like, he's like, fuck. And I was like, you know, that's why I didn't want to play for money, dude. But whatever. Give me the money. And he's like, well, I ain't got no money. I was like, dude, you just showed me the money. And he's like, that was a dollar bill you can't see. And I was like, motherfucker. I was like, dude, give me the money. And he's like, well, I'd have to go down. And I was like, then go down and get it. And he wouldn't go down and get it. And I was like, you know what? Fuck off. And then something out of, like, when, whenever I can could see, it was out of the corner of my eyes. I had no central vision. So something out of the corner of my eye. I was like, huh, why is this towel sticking halfway out of the bottom of his desk drawer? And so I pulled on it and the $10 bill fell out. And I was like, yeah, didn't have it, huh? Put it in my pocket. He goes and fucking tells people that we gambled. So a counselor comes up. Well, first he just says I stole his money. So a counselor comes up and says, did you steal $10 from him? I said, no. We played poker. As I was like, I tried not to bet, but he insisted on it. I won. I had a full house. And I was like, first off, can you tell him that three of a kind beats two pair? And he's like, everybody knows that. And I was like, well, he don't. And I was like, besides that, I had a full house and it beat his two pair. And he's like, he's like, is that true? And the kid's like, yeah. And he's like, he's like, 
the counselor was upset. He was in his early twenties, you know. He, he's just like, God damn it. He's like, dude, you, you got it's bullshit. I I can't help that he's being a bitch about this. And I mean, he said that right in front of this kid. But he's like, you got to give the money back. You know, gambling's illegal in Iowa. And I was like, dude, I'm not giving him his. He, I tried to talk him out of it, and he insisted. You know. So I end up having to go down to the office. They call the cops again. Guess who shows up? Good old Officer Lang. This time he brings some piece of shit fat ass with him. And so this guy decides that they're going to play good cop, bad cop with me. (laughs) And it's just like, are you freaking serious? We're doing this. Good cop, bad cop. And... Aside from that, it's like, dude, you obviously have not dealt with many teenagers. Second, you haven't dealt with many wrestlers. We're already freaking testosterone driven. You know, think about the camp I'm at right now. That takes a different mindset. This isn't some little pussy camp you go to, you know. And so this guy's just going on, and I'm just sitting there with a shit-eating grin on my face looking at him. It's like, whatever, dude. You don't... And I mean, Officer Lang, he understood. And finally, he he was like, all right, knock it off. And, and the other guy's like, he's like, you need to listen to him. And Lang's like, I was talking to you. <laughs> and so the guy's like pissed, but he doesn't say anything. And Lang ends up... uh He's like, he's like, all right, let me put it to you this way. I understand when I came and arrested you three days ago. I understand that technically you were in the right. That what they did was bullshit. But, and your dad understands that, but it didn't change the fact of how upset he is with you. How upset do you think he's going to be if three days later he gets another call? That's just like, all right, all right, fine. Here is his fucking money. And so that one went away. (laughs) But it was just, I don't know, it's just such a CF. It's like, what do you, man. So now you got to keep in mind in small towns, unless you're an absolute asshole. And you can, if you got a certain family name, cops are going to keep their eye on you. Plain and simple. If you got a certain family name, you're going to be able to get away with a lot. Certain family names, you're getting away with nothing. But I never understood some of the dudes, excuse me, some of the dudes I hung out with, because they'd sit and run their mouth to the cops. And it's like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? That doesn't make sense. So as 17 or 18 years old, and I was hanging out with a friend, and he had another friend with him, this little dude. You want to talk about short man syndrome? P had, I'll just use his initial, P had short man syndrome out the ass. And a lot of times cops would get called on him because they thought he was freaking like 11 or 12 years old, even though he's like 16, 17 years old. And so my other friend, uh, Justin, 
at the time, we end up, it's like, dude, we need a bag of weed. So we call this other dude, I'll call him H. And he's, he's like, yeah, where you want to meet? It's like, well, let's meet at Weaver Park. So the four of us, well, Justin, P, and I drive to Weaver Park to meet H. And we meet up with H and make the exchange, you know, the money for the weed. And he's like, oh, he's like, he's like, there's kids coming. And then he, then he's like, oh, don't worry about it. I know the kids. And I was like, are they good kids? You know, you know, would they understand a joke? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I was like, dude, I was like, I was like, you and P hang out here. Me and Justin will fucking go down the trail. You let them pass and then we'll jump out. And when they go to go break the other way, you guys jump out. And so this is what we do. It scares the kids. They're probably nine, ten years old, something like that. But then, as as a as a easy, we were just teasing. You know, we ain't gonna do anything to you. And H is like, yeah. He's he's like, you know me. He's like, you know, it was all fun. And so they're like, oh, okay, yeah, you guys got us. You know, and they were laughing and stuff. And we're like, come on, we'll walk you to the end of the trail. So we walk them to the end and stuff. And they're like, all right, see ya. And we're like, later. On the way back to my place to smoke up. So needless to say, I got a bag of weed in my pocket. We get pulled over by the cops. Officer Williams is, is he's pissed because he sees, because I'm not a small kid, you know, I'm six one at the time. I probably weighed between somewhere between 200 and 220 pounds, you know, and I was jacked and, you know, Justin, he was the same age as me. We were both 18. I, I remember now we were both 18. P was probably 16 at the time. And so Williams is pissed because these were little kids. And he's like, I want to know what the fuck you guys were thinking, blah, blah, blah. And peace sitting in the back of this extended cab, you know, between the bed and like, right, he's sitting right behind Justin's seat, just running his mouth, telling the cop to fuck off and all this other shit. I'm like, man, I got weed in my pocket. What the fuck are you doing? You know, because weed was not legal back then. So finally, I was like, I was like, excuse me, officer. I was like, look, this is what happened. And I was like, we walked him to the end of the trail. They were laughing, and, you know, said it was funny that we really got him. You know, I was like, I ain't going to hurt no little kid like that. You know, I was like, I was like, was it mean? Maybe, you know, but I was like, we explained everything. We didn't just run him off, you know, and. So P keeps running his fucking mouth. I have Williams calm down. I have him calm down and listening to what I'm saying. You know, P starts running his fucking mouth again. And Williams is like, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to drag you guys out of the truck and I'm going to pat you down. I'm going to search you. He knew he had to know, you know. And so... Freaking finally, Paul won't shut up. So finally, I turn around and I look at him. I'm like, Paul, ah, oh, shit. Oh well. I'm like, I'm like, Paul, if you don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry, I, I can't believe I just finally screwed up saying his name. Anyway, I don't care. I, I'm sure he won't. But either ways, I was like, Paul, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm gonna drag you out of this truck and I'm gonna beat the absolute shit out of you. And if Officer Williams wants to arrest me, he can arrest me. I was like, I've had enough. I was like, I'm sick of your mouth. And 
So Paul looks at me, realizes I'm not joking. And he sits back and doesn't say another word. And at that point, William leans down and says, thanks, Nick. And he's like, you guys can go now. And that was that. But why would you run your mouth? That just makes no sense. So when I'm 19, <laughs> when I'm 19, <laughs> there was this dude I kind of hung out with, smoked with, crap like that. And he ended up, he, he was already living on his own and he had a job and shit like that at a little grocery store. And so he was paying his own bills and he had a girlfriend and he was putting his hands on her and shit. And I don't know how old, I think she was either three or four years younger than us. And me and this dude were the same age. And it's just like, dude, what the fuck is your problem? And then uh, when my buddy was getting ready to leave for the Marines, he tried starting a fight with him. when, Because uh, he had this little party, and so my buddy Dave was there, and somebody said something, he's like, nah, Dave's like, nah, I got to be careful, man. If I get arrested before I leave for boot camp, he's like, dude, I'm in, I'll be in serious shit. So Dave couldn't do anything. So... This other dude just starts running his fucking mouth to Dave because he knows Dave can't do nothing. And Dave would destroy this fucking kid. And so finally, Dave's just like, fuck it, I'm leaving, you know? And so next day I'm talking to Dave and he's bitching about it. I was like, dude, well, I, already, I was already planning on fucking teaching that dude a lesson. I don't like the fact he puts his hands on his girlfriend. And he's like, well, I would appreciate it. He's like, I can't fucking touch him right now, dude. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll handle it. So I go up to the grocery store where he works, and it was dry at this time, like no weed around. You know, you couldn't find any. So I end up like, I'm walking through the store and come across this dude, and he's like, oh, what's up, man? I was like, no, what's going on? I was like, hey. I was like, by the way, I got some pretty decent weed, man. He's like, no shit. And I was like, yeah, when you get off work. And so he tells me, and I was like, well, if you want, come by. He's like, yeah, I actually got something too. He's like, I didn't tell anybody because since it's so dry, everybody will want to smoke. And, you know, you know how it is. And I was like, yeah, I do. So he comes over and we're sitting in the basement. And I was like, well, before we smoke, I was like, why don't you explain a couple things to me? So I bring up the girlfriend, bring up Dave. And he's like, he doesn't say anything other than, you don't have weed, do you? <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't. And he's like, well, then fuck off. And he, like, gets up and starts, like, walking away. I was like, I was like huh, it's not going to work that way, Sonny Jim, you know? So I come up behind him, put my hands on his shoulders or whatever, and... He tries to bolt, and I just snatch him and take him down. And I, and I got his back, and I'm just sitting on him. And I was like, "You got some explaining to do, dude." And he starts crawling up my basement steps, and I threw one punch under his arm into his jaw, which it wasn't all that hard to begin with, but at that kind of angle, you're not really gonna hurt somebody. But I'm making him carry me up these stairs. I'm straddled his hips, like riding position in wrestling, 
you know, just pinching his hips with my thighs. And like when he'd like reach up with his right arm to pull himself up, I'd jack him in the ribs. And then when he'd reach up with his left arm, I'd jack him on that side. In total, I maybe hit him four or five times. Total. So he gets like, he's screaming. And so my mom comes and she's the one that actually opens the back door for him so he can get out. And because she has no idea what the hell's going on, you know, she just sees me riding this guy up the stairs, occasionally punching him in the side, and he's just screaming at the top of his lungs, Somebody help me! Get him off of me! I mean, it sounded like I was murdering the kid. So, when he get when he gets to the top, I just like hop off, like, hop off his hips or whatever, and he just bolts. I mean, he was gone, man. I don't think Jesse Owens could have caught this cat that day. Well, he runs straight to the police station. And unbeknownst to me, the night before, he was pretty drunk. And he was too drunk to actually beat up his girlfriend. And his girlfriend and her cousin whipped his ass, scratched the shit out of his face and his back. He goes to the police and tells them, I did it. So they take pictures of it and stuff. Well, after this ordeal, it's like, well, I need a pack of smokes. And so I was walking up to the Amico to get me a pack of cigarettes. And... This this is something that if you've been in this situation, you'll understand it happens. The girlfriend and her cousin come down the street and start yelling and screaming at me that I'm going to jail. You know, they've called the cops and like all this other crap. And it's like, well, that's nice, you know. So I, I, I'm at the gas station and a buddy of mine was working. And I was like, Drew, I was like, can I use the phone? <laughs> and he's like... Who are you calling? I was like, the police, the non, non-emergency number. I was like, somebody told me that cops are coming. I beat this dude's ass and blah, blah, blah. He's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. I was like, I'd just rather, you know, walk down there to be arrested. And I was like, if they show up at my house, shit, and I'm worried, more worried about my dad than the law. And he's like, he's just laughing. He's like, all right, man. So I, I call up the police and talk to this lady and, it's like, yeah, here you're looking for me. She's like, why don't you just go home and an officer will call you. And I was like, all right. So I go back home. Officer McCullough calls me. And he's like, I'm going to need you to come in. And I was like, all right, I'll be there in about 15 minutes. You know, I'm walking. He's like, you want me to come get you? And I was like, no, sir. Like, I was like, I'll be there. He's like, all right. And I mean, he knew I'd... I didn't lie to the cops, so they knew I'd come in. And like I said before, I just didn't want a cop car pull. It's a small town. That would have got around real quick if a car pulls up and ends up, you know, putting me in the back seat. So I go to the cop shop. He reads me my rights, fingerprints me, all this BS that goes with it. Then he starts showing me pictures. And I was like, can you describe them? I can't really see pictures. And he's like, well, he's like, there's 
you know, there's two cuts on his cheek right here, you know, right under his eye. He's got all the scratches down his back in this one, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, this is exactly what I did. And I described to him. And at the time, I had changed my shirt because I had, and I decided to take it with me. I had a white, I was wearing white V-necks at the time. And on my one sleeve, short sleeve shirt, there was two spots of blood. And I was like, look at it. I was like, if I would have created that, the, the, that on his face, it would have been smeared. I was like, it's got to be obvious that those were already there. And I was like, how's he going to get scratches on his back from what I did? And he's like, well, you know, it is what it is. It's going to go to the DA's office one way or the other. And I was like, all right, whatever. And he's like, all right. And back then, you didn't have to get taken to county and then released. You could do it at the local PDs. So he asked if I had $100 for bail. And I was like, no, I don't. So he asked, does your dad have it? Like I said, small town, he knew my dad. Because <laughs> right after he says, or would your dad even pay it? And I said, no to both, sir. <laughs> He's like, all right, I'll let you out on your own PR. And I was like, all right, that's personal recognizance for people that don't know. It just means you're giving your word you're going to show up for your court date. So I have to get a public defender. I can't afford to get a lawyer. And she, she's just telling me this is the deal that I've got worked out. And I was like, I'm not taking a deal. You know, he had it coming. You know, what's right's right, what's wrong, wrong. You know, you had it coming. I'm not taking a deal. They want to take a trial, I'll go to trial. And she was pretty upset by it because it meant she was actually going to have to do something. So they set a trial date, and I'm there. And I'm sitting there with my dad next to the door to the courtroom. I never actually had to go into the courtroom. And so my public defender, she keeps going in, talking to the DA and coming out. It's like, all right, I got it worked down to this. And I was like, I'm not taking it. And so she'd go back in and come back out and say, okay, we got it worked down to this. And I was like, I'm not taking it. He had it coming. I told you that. He likes beating on women. He had it coming. He deserved more than what I gave him. And which just pisses me off to no end, like looking back at it, because it's like, okay, you got it worked down two more times, yet I could have taken your original deal and been completely screwed. So she goes back in an another time, and while she's in, my dad's like, maybe you should just take the deal. I was like, there ain't no way. I was like, I didn't even hurt the kid. And I was like, in I was like, Dad, honestly, what have you always told me about men that beat on women? And I was like, you know the dude had it coming. I was like, and if I get convicted for no more than what I did, I'm going to make it worth my while. I'll beat his ass right there in the fucking courtroom. And, and I'm not being quiet about this. I said it. So then my uh, public defender comes out and it's like, well, they're not going to give a better deal. And I was like, that's fine. We'll go to trial. She's like, all right. So she goes back in, and unbeknownst to me, four feet away on the other side of the door to the courtroom, this kid was sitting. And so he had talked to the DA, and he got up and left. And I, I didn't know it. 
until my dad's like, well, he just left. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, he was just sitting four f- feet from you when you were talking about beating the shit out of him in the courtroom. <laughs> and that's, that's like, oh, all right. Then So the public defender comes back out. She's like, I don't understand it, but the DA dropped the charges. For some reason, he doesn't want to go through with it. I was like, oh, all right. Good deal. Nice meeting you. <laughs> so me and my dad get up and leave. <laughs> so that was that run in. Arrested, but no convictions, folks. No convictions. So far, the only conviction I have was as a minor. You know, court supervision, that gets taken off your record anyway when you're done with court supervision. So some of these that I'm going to be getting into may not be in the exact chronological order because I just... There was a string of them, and it was a day. It was days when I was drinking hard, you know, whatever. So, um, next one I can, next next run in with the law that I can think of. And see, the thing is, you're like, man, you got a lot of run in with the law, run ins with the law, and nothing happened. Well, later on, stuff does start happening. And it's not because of the number of run-ins I had with the law. It's because there was a new police chief that knew the difference between people being rowdy. And, I mean, the new police chief, he ended up being corrupt as shit. And he was, like, getting arrested by the feds when, mysteriously, they dropped their charges. And he got a new job in another town as a police and fire chief. And he was a cop from Chicago. So I guarantee you, he had information that got him off the hook for the crap he was pulling down here. But either way, you know, um, I don't know. I had to be, I had stayed out of trouble for quite quite a long time. Around that same time, though, being 19 years old, I this is I don't know if you want to count this as a run-in with the law or not, but I'll tell the story. This dude named Lee had a party, and he lived out in the country. And so my buddies were like, dude, Lee's having a party. Let's go out there. And I, one thing I had never gotten was a consumption ticket, you know, underage consumption. I never got possession of weed. I never got anything like that. Never got, like, pop for anything. Part of it was I was always cautious of where I went and, like, who was having the party and stuff like that. Because people are always getting their names in the paper for underage consumption of alcohol or possession of weed and paraphernalia. It's something. And I did not want that. My dad would have maybe been more understanding if I didn't have uncles that were right here in town. But that doesn't mean he would have, things would have went pleasantly for me if that would have happened. Anyways, they talked me into going. And so we go to this party. I've got weed on me. That, you know, and I'm standing there. Guess who I'm talking to? I'm talking to good old Chad. And there was this other dude. I'll leave him nameless, but he 
he had a motorcycle, and he took the muffler off of it to make it louder. And it's like, why the hell would you want to do that? I know we're out in the country and stuff, but there's still neighbors that are close enough by, you know. We're having a party. We're drinking. We're all underage. There's, you know, weed and stuff like that. Well, he decides to go ripping up the country road and back. Come to find out, the next-door neighbor, and I mean, it, it wasn't next-door like in town, but it was within a 100 yards, probably a lot less. It was a state cop. So they were just waiting for something like that to happen. They So this dude gives them the excuse to pull into the property. Because other than that, unless they get complaints stuff like that, they can't just come onto the property and be like, oh, hey, how are you doing? So they follow, like, if he would have just pulled over on the street, I'm sure he would have been screwed because he had been drinking. And so he pulls into the driveway and pulls up to where we're at and stuff. And so that gave the cops the excuse to pull in. Well, I'm talking to Chad and I'm like, are there cops here? And he's like, no. And I'm like, dude, because it's dark out and there's lights flashing off the sky. I was like, what are those flashing lights? And he looks up and he goes, oh, fuck, cops. He turns around and takes off. And I was just like, well, great. You know, I'm blind. I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere. Everybody has scattered. It's just scattered to all points of the compass. And so I'm just standing at the end of... There was a gravel driveway that went onto the property, and then there was a paved, little paved driveway that went up into the garage. I'm standing at the end of the paved, and I'm just, I just stand there with my arms crossed. It's like, well, I guess I'm busted. I stand there for like five minutes at least, and not one cop is coming up talking to me. I was like, well, I'm going to mosey my way to the back to see if anybody says anything. So I walk up the concrete padded driveway, go behind this dude's truck, and ditch my bag of weed under the truck. And then I make my way around the corner of the house, and there's a group of people standing in the backyard. And I say, like, what are you doing? They're like, there's cops out there. And it's like, I know. So you run to evade the police, and you stop in the backyard. I'm like... What the hell sense does that make? They're like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I live in this that direction. That's the way I'm walking. I walk far enough. I come across the railroad tracks. I can follow them back in a town. That they'll come out. I can come out pretty much right by my house. So we go and get through, like, climb through this fence. And there's probably five or six of us. One of them was the dude from the motorcycle. <laughs> he had parked and took off <laughs> and so it's like whatever so we're walking through these pastures and stuff and then all of a sudden we hear I hear galloping coming towards us I'm like I'm like there was this other dude there named Nick that was a few years older I was like Nick what is that I was like I was like is that horses or cattle and he, he's like dude I don't hear nothing I was like dude something's moving toward us with the quickness like so he turns around it's like looking and the moon was bright enough he's like oh shit there's horses and they're coming at us hard <laughs> thankfully 
we were close to a barbed wire fence, and so we got through it. Got to the railroad tracks, and we parted company. They went towards Sunnyland, like everybody I was with, because they wanted to get more beer. And I was like, some people just never learn. You know, I was like, whatever. So I head the other direction. And I come out too soon. I come out too soon. So I'm sweating my ass off. So I have my t-shirt off, just my jeans and boots. And I had I had run down the tracks. I had jogged. I was like, I'm not walking that many miles. I'm running it. And so I just keep between the rails, you know. I can see the white gravel, you know, underneath the tracks or whatever. So that's what I followed and ran. And there was a couple trestles to cross and stuff like that. So obviously I took my time, you know, felt the rail before I got onto them and stuff like that. Make sure they weren't humming with trains coming. So when I, I come out of town a little too soon and all of a sudden this pickup truck pulls into a driveway ahead of me and it's another buddy named Nick. And so He's like, what the fuck? He's like, come on, man, I'll give you a ride. And I was like, all right, sweet. Well, this Nick is the current police chief's son. And so he's like, what the fuck, dude? Why are you, like, sweating? I was like, well, I was running. He's like, what were you running from? I was like, the law. <laughs> he's like, wait, what? And so I told him, you know, I was like, yes, I was out at least. <laughs> and, he's, and he's just laughing his ass off. He's like, well, I, I won't. And I was like, dude, you can tell your dad. I don't care, man. I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like, I hadn't been drinking. I was like, you can tell that, but, you know, you'd be able to tell if I was drinking and I'm sweating out booze and all my breath, you know, I ain't drinking. So you can tell him I don't really care. Besides that, you know, by the time any, you know, by the time the cops would have gotten to anybody, they couldn't have proved anything. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, whatever. So that that was kind of a kind of a run in, but not really a run in. I think they were just wanting to bust up the party, get people to freaking scatter before it got late and people were getting stupid. But alrighty, uh, this might go a little over an hour. But I'm going to take a little break and I'm going to end it with like a better story for now. So hold on and I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. <laughs> Considering I could have just done that without saying anything. I don't know why I did as far as like, I'll be back. But either way, um, who would have thought that a blind feller could get in so much shit? <laughs> Although, anybody that's listening to this that actually knows me, I'm sure they're surprised that I've never been incarcerated. Anyhow, so I guess we have to fast forward to, because after, I, I can't remember if the battery thing came first or that party did. I think the... I think the party came before that battery thing with the woman beating dude. But anyway, next few years, I pretty much stayed out of trouble, you know, because I'd, I'd went to the bar a few times and stuff like that, and I was underaged, obviously, so I always kept to myself and didn't speak unless I spoke to. And, I mean, what got me served was the fact that 
when I went into the bar, I was like, do y'all got PBR? Instead of asking for something on TV like Bud Light or Miller Light or whatever, dude looked in the cooler. He's like, well, fuck, we do. Wiped the dust off and handed it to me. Turned out I liked it. That was the first time I had a Pabst. And uh, so that's what I drank when I'd go to the bar. I can still remember when I turned 21 as well. I was like, hey, man, I hear you get a free like shot and beer or whatever on your birthday. He's like, oh, is it your birthday? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, let me see the ID so I can make sure, you know, because some people are assholes and they'll try to lie about it for a free drink. And I was like, all right. So I show it to him. And he sees that that day I turned 21. He looked up and he's sitting there laughing. He's like, you know, you're an asshole, right? And I was like, yep. <laughs> And so he actually, he actually bought me a beer to himself. He, he's, he's like, dude, he's like, you've been the least amount of trouble out of anybody. And he, you know, people would think you being young, you'd have been the one starting the shit. And it's like, no, it's like, I didn't want to get in trouble. And I appreciated the fact I could come here and have a beer or two, you know, have a couple of drinks, a couple of Jack and Cokes. But so it got to the point to where, I ended up, it's too much of a story to get into, and it could be its own freaking episode about some BS that went on, but it got to a point to where I had to quit smoking weed, and because it was giving me anxiety and screwing with my heart, is making my heart go into an irregular rhythm from the severe anxiety, anxiety, so I didn't do anything for a few months, and I was like, well, you know, I'm I'm gonna have a few beers. See what happens. So I had so I had started drinking, just drinking and stuff, and stayed away from the weed. And so I was 23, 24 years old, and I'm not sure if I told this story on here or not, but I'll go ahead and tell it because it's part of it. And to me, it's kind of a funny story either way. But. This place we used to all go to and hang out and play cards was up on the town square. It was this guy's apartment. And the roommate he had had for years ended up getting a girlfriend, so he got his own place finally and yada, yada, yada. Well, my buddy Jason, he needed a roommate. And this woman he worked with said, hey, my cousin just got out of the joint in Missouri and he's wanting to move to Illinois, and I can get him a job where we work, but he needs an apartment, and you need a roommate. And so Jason, being a nice dude and needing a roommate, was like, sure. Well, this dude William was just a fucking punk. He thought because he had been a, done a nickel in prison, his shit didn't stink. And it's like, dude, I think you got that backwards, Sonny Jim, you know? So he ends up, He's just an absolute asshole. And we all had our suspicions that at minimum he was beating on Jason. I have other suspicions, but, you know, it is what it is. But either way, Jason wouldn't say a fucking word about it, you know. And one day I'd been drinking probably at KDT's. I usually started somewhere else like Kepps or uh, Christie's, KDT's, and then I'd walk home, and before I was done drinking, I'd walk home so I could finish at Parrish's, which was just a couple blocks from my house. So I'd go in and get a beer, 
And my buddy Steve hollers at me. And so I go down there. I'm like, oh, shit, what's up, dude? And he's like, well, remember that suspicion we had about William and Jason? And I was like, yeah. Why? What's up? And he's like, well, it's true. I saw it tonight. And I was like, oh, did you beat the shit out of him? And Steve was pretty upset because Steve wasn't a big dude. And he's like, no, nah, man. He's like, I got up and fucking said shit, and he threw my ass across the apartment, man. I had to get the fuck out. And so I was like, all right, fair enough, man. And I chugged my fucking beard and put it on the bar. I was like, let's roll. <laughs> like, and, uh, or I didn't even say let's roll. I was just like seeing a few, you know, I was going over there because uh, Jason's apartment was right across the street from the bar. Well, everybody knew what was going on or whatever somehow. So they're, they're like, you ain't going over there. They're worried because I was blind that I was going to get my ass kicked. And it's like, don't fuck off. So finally I get on the payphone and I call Jason up. And I'm like, dude, get your ass to the pub now. Don't make me come get you. He's like, all right, man. And so he freaking comes over. And I'm sitting there talking to him. I'm like, this is what's going to happen. We're going to go to your place. You're going to get what you need for a few days. And you're going to be staying at my place, like with me and my folks. Until we can get that motherfucker out of your place. You ain't staying there no more. And he's like, all right, man. He's like, I appreciate it and stuff. Well, then William shows up at the bar. And the bartender immediately is like, you, you get the fuck out. You ain't welcome here no more. And so all the dudes there, like, standing up, like, go ahead, dude, try something, you know. And so he leaves and... Steve goes with me and Jason and these other two dudes do. Tommy and this uh, dude named TK. God rest TK's soul. But we walk over and, like, I'm in the lead. And we walk around the corner to go behind the building so because there was a security door and you went up two flights of stairs and then you were on a balcony and you walked down the balcony and there were all the apartment doors there facing the back parking lot. I round the corner, William's there. He's like, yeah, what's up, motherfucker? I was like, yeah, what's up, bitch? I just bitch smack his ass. And so I grab him and go and, like, toss him or whatever. And we end up bouncing off a couple cars. And I end up on bottom, but I ended up just, I had him in guard, you know, at that point. Nobody knew what the hell jujitsu was or anything. I just wanted to hold him in place. And I was holding his head to my chest or whatever. And I'd like pull on his head to open his face up a little bit and then jack him, you know. And <clears throat> But we were bouncing off cars, so TK and Tommy were like, no, you guys go in the fucking middle of the parking lot. You're not screwing up people's shit. And so William's like, yeah. Well, he wanted a better position because I had him stopped with my legs around his waist. So we go into the middle, and he goes to throw a fucking haymaker, and I had just jumped into him and freaking got a body lock and tossed him to the ground. And since there wasn't anything to bounce off of, he went to his back, and I came up on top of him in full mount instead of him bouncing and then coming back on top of me. Because that's how he ended up on top of me, was he bounced off the car... Because I didn't know there were some car in, 
you know, I didn't, I was focused on fighting, I w wasn't paying attention. So the direction I had originally threw him, I didn't know there were cars there. So I was, didn't just throw him, I was planning on going to the ground on top of him. But he hit a car, and I still went to the ground, and still had a hold of him, and pulled him on top of me. So, anyway, I'm on top of him, just pounding the shit out of this kid. And... Like I said, I was 23 or 4 at the time. He was in his, like, like middle upper 20s, you know, probably 27 or 8 at the time. And so I'm just pounding the absolute shit out of him. Meantime, Steve goes up to Jason's apartment with Jason. And Steve's like, what's his cousin's number? Because she's going to need to come get him. And Jason says, just hit redial. So Steve picks up the phone, hits redial, woman answers the phone, and he says, is this so-and-so? Is this, well, fuck it, nobody knows who she is. He's like, is this Denise? Woman's like, no. He's like, well, is Denise there? She says, no. He's like, well, when she gets there, you better tell her to get her ass to Washington because William was smacking around Jason, and now... Uh, our buddy Pellman's out in the parking lot just beating the absolute shit out of William and hangs up the phone. Turns out the woman was Jason's mother. <laughs> so Jason's mother's freaked out because her son was, you know, and Jason could not defend himself. That's the thing. You know, he physically couldn't defend himself and she knew it. So she was freaked out that he had gotten like knocked around then there was somebody in the parking lot making a bloody mess <laughs> of his roommate. And so, finally, like, I had enough fucking around with this kid. So, because I was just, like, getting punches in here and there, taking my time. I learned from an early age, because of wrestling, if you just go 100% adrenaline-driven, you're going to peter out within, like, 30 to 45 seconds. You know, it's not going to last. And so I used that burst of adrenaline to get him to the ground and then instantly, like, calm myself down and just laid there for a few seconds, making sure I had my breath, everything else, and then slowly went to work, freaking getting a punch in here, a punch in there. I mean, I broke my hand on his fucking head. And so finally, I was like, you know what, I've had enough of this. And, I mean, I even said out loud, I was like, you know what, fuck this. And I just, like, sat up and just started drilling punches down. And so Tommy, he comes in, like, like a football tackle, hits me up high. And TK, he had dove between us at the same time. And they're like, enough, enough, you know. And I was like, all right. So I called it quits, you know. And it's nighttime out, and I can't see. I'm wearing a white T-shirt, you know. So William, he gets up and goes upstairs, and a cop, and the cops pulling up as William goes into the bottom door, you know, to go up the stairs. So I meet the cop in this door, and I'm like, "Hey, what's going on, officer?" And he like shakes my hand like cautiously or whatever, and he's like, "What's going on here?" And I said, "It's like I don't know. I didn't see shit." <laughs> he's like, "Is Officer Stark?" And he knew who I was. And he's like, "All right, Pelman, get over there and shut up." And by this time, William came out onto the balcony and Stark saw him. And he's like, you, get down here now. Don't make me come up. So William turns around and comes back down. And 
TK and Tommy are just fucking dying laughing. You know, first off, my I didn't see shit remark, you know, and then, like, later on, TK is like, dude, and Tommy both are like, dude, that just looked fucking hilarious, man, because I couldn't see. I didn't know William was bleeding out of one of his ears. He was bleeding out of his fucking nose and mouth, you know. He, he just was a bloody mess. It's needless to say, I had his blood all all up my forearms, smeared all over my white t-shirt. And so Stark's like, what happened here? And I was like, I was like, oh, nothing. <laughs> William's like, nothing, officer. <laughs> Finally, Stark says, look, if you don't give me a story, that, that was his wording. If you don't give me a story, I'm going to run you both in for obstruction and then add on whatever I can after that. I was like, well, I was like, I was like, you know that I was a wrestler and stuff like that. And I was like, William here, he, he was a wrestler in high school down in Missouri. So we were ta- talking shit and one thing led to another and we decided to come out here and wrestle. And Stark's like, you, you guys were wrestling. And I was like, yeah, just wrestling. And he, he's, so he turns to William and says, what's your, you know, is that true? William goes, yes, sir. <laughs> and he's like, all right. Uh, he's like, you go up and get your shit because you ain't staying here tonight. Because he, like I said, Jason's mom had called him. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, you, you get out of here, Nick. And I was like, all right, sir. And I turn around to leave. And he's like, you heading home? And I was like, no, I'm going back to the bar to finish drinking. And he, he, he's just like, all right. So I go, when I got back to the bar is when I found out how bloody I was. Cause I went to lean on the bar and bartender Carrie, she's like, don't you touch my bar. And I was like, wait, what? What'd I do? She's like, you're fucking covered in blood. Go wash that shit off. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> so that, that, that was pretty much that. <clears throat> but you know, it, like I said, there were I had run-ins with the cops, but most of the, like I said, for one thing, I was respectful to them, so they didn't like really push me too hard, you know. For one thing, and for two, a lot of the stuff that I did was maybe mischievous, but like when I got in the fights where cops got called, they did not really have an issue because. They know I didn't just go around picking fights with people and starting shit to start shit. They knew there was, like, you know, the dude beating on his girlfriend. And then the dude, you know, smacking around somebody that can freaking defend themselves, you know? And granted, that was still 20 out 3 or 4. So a lot of things were still... Still hadn't changed, changed in this country, but... Cops are usually decent. The only time you really got to worry about cops is when you got a new cop. Because new cops, they're fucking dirty hairy. They're going to just wipe the streets, clean a crime, you know. But as they get settled in, you know, three or four years, for one, they understand most of the shit ain't worth it. Because it's paperwork for them to do and stuff like that. Nobody's keeping track. So, you know, most cops will calm down. You know, it's 
It's like Williams. I heard he was an absolute prick when he first started. And the fact is, is, you know, by the time my brother was done dealing with him, because he had, my brother had some run-ins with Williams. And it was nothing ever serious, serious, but it was almost like Williams had a thing for him. But Williams was brand new when that started. And by the end, Williams just like, hey, you know, get, get the fuck out of here, you know. Because they calm down, you know. Just know the difference. If you're dealing with a new co- cop, you're better off just not saying shit. Just plain and simple. And that's not to say older ones can't be dicks. But, let me see here. Yeah, so, all right, I'm a little over an hour. I'll go ahead and call it quits here. So, any any questions? Hopefully, I don't know if I'll be able to do this in two parts. Maybe three. <laughs> as sad as that may be. But, uh, at least the stories are going to get better and better. You know, as you get older and older, start having a little bit more fun. <laughs> but anyways, questions, comments, concerns, hit me up, littlemb6580 at gmail.com. Until next time, y'all take care.